Good morning, everybody. Well, it's good to be with you. And I've got Facebook open here, so if you say anything cheeky, I'll spot it on my phone. So well done, everybody that's with us. It's really good uh, to be together uh, this morning. Well, I hope you saw the statement and the email that uh, we released near the end of the week, just obviously regarding the Prime Minister's announcement that public worship is allowed from the 4th of July. As the email stated, in case you haven't seen it yet, um, we're going to be having meetings this week to decide what we're going to do about that. Obviously, we hire or borrow seven of our eight venues. There's lots of things to consider. Even if we do gather now, as far as the, um, the guidelines go at the moment and the restrictions are that we couldn't sing, we don't think we could play live music. I say think because the exact guidelines haven't quite been released. I think they are, the details of it are being worked through right now um, but it's going to be obviously no hugs <laughs> um, no refreshments church without coffee my mum would not survive would she so we've got a lot to work out what we do know is uh, lots of people, even if they own venues, are going to be running digital services primarily through the summer and then looking at in-person services in September. But at this point, I'll just say we don't know. We're going to have planning meetings this week to decide what we're going to do. Um, not just that we will stay online and be doing digital services, but what additional extras we can do what kind of get-togethers, if at all. We're going to work that out this week and we'll let you know this summer's plans um, uh, next Sunday. Is that OK? I'll announce it next Sunday and then we can, we can do that. But let's stick in there. God is with us. He's for us. And um, you know what? God isn't surprised by any of this. I just thought this is a good scripture. Let's start with this one. Philippians um, chapter 1, verse 6 says this. I'm confident of this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Say completion or, or, or write it. Go on, somebody write completion there. God is committed to getting you right the way through in your destiny to the point of completion. He doesn't leave us halfway through. So none of this that's going on is shocking to God. Um, and so we can trust him. And what I want to talk about today, here's my title, Leaving Lockdown and Entering the New Era. Say it again, Leaving Lockdown and Entering the New Era. Um, whether it's happening quickly or slowly, and wherever you are in the world, it'll be different, but we, are, we, are, we haven't left lockdown, but we're leaving lockdown, and we're heading into something new. And according to all the prophets from, from the end of last year and through the beginning of this year, many key prophetic figures around the world began to prophesy we are entering a new era. And that's before there was even a hint of a pandemic going on that people thought would hit the world, that a new era was beginning in God a new era for the church and there's so many prophetic programs you can go back and look at and even events that we've held ourselves in January for all of our leaders we're entering a new era it's so much more than just entering a new season and so what I feel to do today I'm going to do something a little bit different I want to talk to you about how to enter a new era with God but also at midday today Five key questions that I pose today are going to be posted on my Twitter account, the Revive Church Facebook account, my Facebook account, and then email to all of you that are in Revive because this is a message with homework. 
I just, there is something happening for me anyway, I don't know if you find the same, in the area of journaling, sitting down with a pad and a pen, wherever my emotions are at through this lockdown, whether I'm irritated or bored or excited, sitting down with a pad and a pen and spending some quality moments with God, thinking deeply about major questions of life, is really important. So I've put together five questions that I believe will help us shift into the new era with God. Is that okay? Now, Sharon Stone, when she prophesied to us at our Revive United Day early in the year, she said, we're entering a new era, but there's going to be a short pause. Well, the pause is coming to an end. So uh, here's a scary thought. Have you made the most of this pause, this Selah, which is a pause to ponder in his presence, it says in the Psalms. Have you made the most of what I've called a pit stop? It's been a moment when I had a little vision earlier on in the year where, where, where uh, a vehicle was in a pit stop and an old wagon wheel was being taken off and a Formula One tyre was being put on. There was a moment of pause to increase and improve you ready for a new acceleration in God. Here's the question I've been pondering in my 10 days off the last couple of weeks. I've been thinking, so am I ready to leave the pause and enter the new era? Okay, now some of us, I guess if we're a bit slow and I can be real slow at times, I don't feel bad about that, but you might be thinking, oh, new era. I haven't even, I haven't even really noticed it. I haven't thought about it. I haven't had really quality time to sit down and ponder with God. Well, as a result of today's talk, I really hope that you get some time this week to sit and ponder with God. Let's use this picture before I take you into the five questions that we're gonna to release to you at midday today. I had a dream the other night about the children of Israel coming up to the edge of the promised land and then they sent spies out and they came back with, most of them came back with a bad report and the children of Israel decided, we can't do it, Captain, right? They said, we just can't go in. And God hated that rebellion and said, right, back into the wilderness for you for 40 years. Uh, now, do you know that actually pretty well straight away they repented? And a group of them turned around and tried to enter the promised land under their own steam. In other words, it was the right instruction, but at the wrong time. They were moving, but now we're moving in disobedience, even though it's ultimately God, what God wanted to do. Here's the, here's the scary thought of that. It is possible to miss God's timing and end up in a wilderness. And if you track over to the New Testament, you'll find it is possible to miss God's best for you. Think of the parable of the talents when the end of it, uh, um, the, the, the manager says, take the talents off that one and give it to the one who has most. It is possible to have things removed from your life and given to another if you miss God's timing. Now I pray great grace over my life, your life, over revived church as a whole family. But listen, we do have to respond to the timings of God. There are seasons and moments. And if prophets around the world have been saying, we are entering a new era, then revive, we need to be ready to enter a new era with God. Okay, we can't just pause at the edge of the promised land and go, well, uh, we don't want to go in. Um, some of us in our spiritual lethargy might think, you know, just roll over in our metaphorical beds and go, I don't know if there's a new era. I don't know if I believe the prophets. Listen, the Bible says, trust the prophets. Yes, test them, but also trust them. If enough around the world are saying this is the beginning of a new era, then I know this. I need to wake myself up, a few slaps around my own face and go, right, wake up, Cooper. 
make sure you're ready to enter God's best for your life. Because you know what? Here's the great danger. Are you like me? Do you feel an inner tiredness whenever somebody mentions words like the new normal? Oh, I just feel tired thinking about it. But listen, that's dangerous. It might be completely normal. It might be a stage of the grief and the trauma that we're going through. But listen, when the children of Israel were, were leaving Egypt and struggling in the desert, while they were out in the desert struggling to get into the promised land that God had for them, they actually decided they prefer to go back to slavery in Egypt than move forward into the promised land. Think of it, it's the power of familiarity. Listen to this line. The pull of familiarity is so strong, we'd prefer an Egypt that we, that we know to a promised land that we don't. I'm gonna read it again. The pull of familiarity, the longing for it is so strong that human nature would prefer an Egypt that we know to a promised land that we don't. God has said there's a new era promised land out there. And I wanna provoke you this morning to make you think, am I truly ready? I've, I've, has my emotions actually just taken over and all I long for is to go back to normality? I understand that to some degree. Absolutely, I do, I'm with you. But don't confuse the natural with the spiritual. There's a spiritual side to moving forward in the things of God that we need to stay sharp and we need to be aware of what God is saying. Because you know, often when you fail to get into a promised land with God, it's because you can't see it. Look at these scriptures, Deuteronomy 1.8. God is saying, see, I've set the land before you. Deuteronomy 1.21, he says, look, the Lord has set the land before you. Joshua 6.2, when they are about to go in and Joshua is about to take Jericho, how does God speak to him? See, I have given Jericho into your hands. In Isaiah, when it says, I'm about to do a new thing, it says, behold, I'm about to do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Here's the inference. If you can't see the promised land, if you can't look, if you can't behold, if you can't perceive the new thing God wants to do, you won't be able to go in. God, give us eyes to see. And these five questions I'm gonna give you today, I pray will stir the eyes of your heart and stir your spirit to think, right, I wanna see the promised land God has for me. So you ready for it? I wanna give you five questions to provoke you to perceive the promised land. Five questions to provoke you to perceive your promised land. And I want you to think about you. I could sit here and I could, I could talk about Revive and we might do that another week. But listen, Revive is made up of a load of wonderful individuals full of hopes and dreams and callings from God. So I want you to think about you as I speak. All right. Here's the first question that you're going to get at midday today, emailed and put out on social media. And I pray if you want to, that you'll journal them and think about them. I want you to think about number one, your posture as you prepare to go into this new era. And here's the question, is my heart, mind, body and soul in a ready posture to enter the new era? Am I ready for it? Is the posture of my life ready to enter a new era? Do you know, all of us live life from a certain posture. Uh, many of us react to life rather than respond. Sometimes our lives 
are actually made up of pressures from internal fears and anxieties, maybe even shame. What is making the decisions in your life? Is it God or is it fear? What's at the very core of your being creating your posture for life and how are you responding to things? Listen to these. Is my life shaped by shame, family history, family expectations, religious conformity, wow, or am I living God's purpose for me? Think about uh, David when he was about to attack Goliath and Saul took his armor and he stuck it on David. Lots of people use that for a picture of religious conformity. Hey David, here's how you're supposed to do it. You wear armor like this, armor fitting for a king and you go out and kill Goliath. And David, he, he got to the point where his posture was not to be intimidated by the demands of others. He knew who he was and he knew how God had anointed him. So he knew, I can't go and fight like this took the armor off, give me my sling, give me a few stones. I know what God has made me to be. And he went out and attacked Goliath in the unique way that God had made him to be. Do you really know your uniqueness or are you pressured by conformity? A few other bad postures in life I've written here. Are you passive aggressive? <laughs> That's a tough one, isn't it? Are you too much of a people pleaser? Are there a few honest conversations that you need to have? Because actually you're just being too good for everyone else. You know, so many people, this is well known, line themselves up for depression because they're trying to be good for everyone else. It's classic of the mum who's trying to be good for her kids and sometimes her grandkids too, her husband, her elderly parents. They're caring for everything that moves, but nobody's giving back into their lives. And actually, they're a little bit passive aggressive. They need to be honest. Guys, you need to give something back. Do you need to adjust your posture for the next season? Is fear making decisions in your life? Are you drawing a line just around the things that you feel brave enough to do when you're saying, God, I'll do your will as long as it fits within this circle of my comfort zone? How's about we stretch our posture to a new place to say, I want to walk into this new era healthy. Right at the very core of your being, most errors in our posture for life come from a lack of knowing how much God loves us. Really, truly at the core. If you knew how much God loved you, you'd hardly ever have a struggle with fear. You'd realize that you can serve others, but also you need to be served too and you need to care for yourself. You wouldn't let the shame of the past overwhelm you because you'd know, hey, we're all a little bit dysfunctional and need the grace and the mercy of God. And so you'd let his grace cover your difficulties and your failures. Right at the very core of your being, here's the best posture. If I was a boxer, I'd say you need to plant your feet and when you punch, you punch right from down in your feet, not just from your arms. As a Christian, I would say you need to plant your feet in the love of God and draw his love right into the very roots of your being so that every other thing that you face in life is faced with the knowledge that God is for me, who can be against me? Is your posture right for the next era? Or is fear, anxiety, or a need to be liked making too many decisions for your life? Listen, God loves you. Get your posture right. 
I'm dealing with some stuff in my life and it comes from exactly the same thing. Here I am, what I've been, I've been in church since I was 10 days old and I'm still once again coming back round the mountain to readdress this issue. Jared, God loves you. The thing it does in my life, I'll let you know my life because I think that maybe that, that helps. The thing that God is saying to me is, Jared, slow down. Your bad posture is you're always in a rush. You think far too much of accomplishment and fruitfulness and trying to, trying to be a man of God just too hard. Jared, just chill out and know the Father's love. Stop trying to be a man of God, be a loved son. That's my journey, what's yours? I don't mean by this that everything in you has to be perfect before you can enter the new era with God. No, no, no. When a boxer's learning to box, all he has to be is strong enough to beat the next guy. Doesn't, when you're beginning, you don't have to be strong enough to beat the champion yet. You just need to be strong enough to win your next fight. And listen, you need your posture just right enough on this journey as God is taking you on this journey to completion. You just need to be strong enough to enter the next fight and to win. That's all. Are you progressing your posture? God's been dealing with mine a lot. And that's the first question that you're gonna see. For me, it's Cooper, eliminate hurry, calm down. Because where I'm going, actually, when you slow down in me, that's when I'm able to speed you up with my love and with my miraculous strength. I want you to think about your posture this week. Here's the second one, my purpose. The second question is this, can I clearly see God's purpose for me in the new era? Can you see it? Because as we've seen, if you can't see it, you can't enter into it. So here's my question to you. Can you see God's purpose for you? I just turned 50 as we were going into lockdown. I'm very aware 10 years from now, I'll be 60. Now I know I've insulted half the people viewing going, well, 60 is nothing, it's a spring chicken, but it sounds like a bit of a big number to me. I don't know about you, I'm getting a bit fidgety. But it does make me think this, okay, God, in this coming decade, what is it that, that I believe you want to have done through me and in me in this decade? Can you ask the same question the next decade what do you want to see God do in you and in your family? What do you think he would want to do through you? It's time to form some clarity. And I've really found, I was going to bring my journal out. I've left it in the room, but I, I, I've got a journal and I sit down and I listen to God almost daily. Not quite daily, but almost daily. And you know, a lot of the time he just repeats himself. But when the word of God washes over you every day, going, no, no, no this is who I want you to be. I want you to be this, I want you to be that. N not this, focus on this. He's always adjusting my posture in those journaling moments, but he's also always repeating the next thing that he wants me to do in purpose. Do you know your purpose yet? Now, you might be one of those that goes, well, I'm not hugely purpose-driven. So sometimes it's, it's more to do with what am I gifted at and am I fully using that? What, what wiring has God put inside of me that gets me excited about heading in a certain direction? Are you using the gifts and the interests that he wove into your life before time began? Or are you just living a life that's repeating the years you've had for quite some time? It is time right now on the edge of a new promised land in God to know clearly 
here's what the next decade is about. Take some time this week to ask God. Taking those moments to journal is so important. Um, you know, we did a, a two-week series called The Prophet Speak and, and Vicky, who'll be at home watching on, probably on Facebook and on YouTube, that's the way we do it. And um, so she edited all of The Prophet Speak. So she went through all of those, I think it was a dozen programs. It must be about 12 hours of content, something like that. But when you're editing it, you don't always hear it. So bless her, she then sat down and watched and listened to the whole thing, pad and pen, pad and pen in hand, and just wrote as God spoke. Really take time to listen to God in this season because it is a pivotal moment. I'm going to say it again, it's a pivotal moment. So you really need to be hearing from God and seeing what your next promised land is all about. You know, Christians, they see with their ears. <laughs> when you begin to hear God, you'll see the horizon he's sending you towards. So the second question is going to be your purpose. What does God want to do through you in the next 10 years? Connected to that, you might say, what also needs to stop? Things that you've been doing that are last era's jobs and last era assignments. But now God is saying, okay, here's what the next stage is about. Be brave. There might be a little dream woven into your heart that you're even too scared to talk about. Well, I always wished I could have been a, I always wished I could have done a, you need to write it down. You need to sit in the solemn place of being with God and think, what is the next 10 years about? Because listen, I believe destiny is about to explode in many lives. It is a moment and I don't want you to miss it. I want you to catch it in God. And maybe your destiny isn't, you know, we can say grand things and we think, well, that, that must be, that must be great, that must be God. No, it's not. Sometimes it's the simplest thing. I want you to serve here or connect here or connect your life with this person and you're going to have some adventures together. Sometimes that's how God speaks. We all have different roles within his purpose, but make sure you know. Question three is my people. Listen to these questions. What close relationships do I need for the new era? And the question goes on to a couple of follow-up ones. Are there any relationships that are bad for me and that I need to put a little more distance in? And here's a brave one for a pastor to say, am I in the right church family? And am I going deep enough with that family? It would be ridiculous for me to pretend that there's not perfectly legitimate reasons for people to leave Revive Church. Of course there are. There are always seasons. I remember um, just earlier this year, Vicky was doing something with some melon that had been in our fridge and it had gone off. And then she had a dream that night and she woke up the next day and said, you know what? I believe God's saying that you need to act on some things before things go off. Do you know that relationships can go off? They can have their day. And if we don't move when the grace moves, often the relationship can become sour and it becomes a thing of conflict instead of a thing of joyous moving on. Some of you are maybe called to move into Revive Church in this season. Maybe some of you, I, I, I pray none of you, but it's God's seasons, okay? So I, I can't be silly about that. Uh, uh, to move into something new in God. All I would counsel is, number one, listen to God. And number two, do it well. Don't leave a church like a gym. Leave it like you're leaving long lost family to go and work in some far off city with hugs and thanks. Well, you can't hug right now, but you know what I mean. Metaphorical hugs, digital ones. In other words, care. 
But you know what? There is a shifting going on around. As God creates new alignments and new collaborations, there's a shift going on right now and you need, you need to hear God for it. But in your general relationships, who do you need to be close to? Who do you need to create a little distance from? Do you know, even Jesus had his road prepared for by John the Baptist. Everybody has relationships that open you into your new season in God. We need to identify those and know how to step into them in God. It's how God moves. I know some people are very, very loyal to age old friends and they'll say, hey, I've had this friend for 30 years. And I'm like, well, that's okay. But listen, loyalty isn't the, the highest value in your relationships. There are other dynamics that come into play. Proverbs says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a friend of fools suffers harm. Don't be a loyal friend to a fool. The New Testament says bad company corrupts. Don't be a loyal friend to bad company. You've got to be careful with these things, right? So you need to know how should I move forward in my relationships? Are my relationships creating a pathway into God's new era? You can turn around and say, well, we've been friends for 30 years and wow, that's just awesome. But listen, if you're shallow and miserable and spiritually cold and tired and bitter and unforgiving, get new friends. They're not the kind of friends to be loyal to. Make sure your friends are ready for the new season in God. Question number four, my purity. If you thought that was tough, here's the tougher one, right? Here's the question that's going to come to you this afternoon. Am I doing, thinking or saying anything that I need to change to line up with God's will for my life? God is incredibly patient, isn't he? He knows we're on this journey and, and we're on a journey of holiness. And I mean, literally the holiness of behavior. I know we like to talk about the holiness of the, the blood of Jesus covering our sins. And that's absolutely a dynamic. That is our status before God, our position. But also he wants to talk about our performance, our state before him should be growing more and more Christ-like. Do you know that there are TV shows I cannot watch now that I thought was okay to watch 20 years ago? Why? Because my, my performance has been adjusted by the conviction of God as he says, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, I kind of let that one slip, but listen, I want to draw you into the likeness of Christ. Are you on that ascending trajectory to become more and more Christ-like. Let me just list some kind of stuff that, that I and many others will deal with. Anger, fears, laziness, rudeness. There's a funny one, right? Rudeness, lust, impatience. Here's a current one, racism. It's a, it's a massive subject right now and we should come back to it some other time and do it properly and do it justice. Um, but I hear some people and I actually think, you know what, I know Perhaps there's little bits of denial going on, but I'm like, I actually think you're being a bit harsh with other nationalities. Test your own heart. Are you being harsh? Rather than what we need to do in Christ is put ourselves in the shoes of others, have empathy and go, okay, what's the just and the right way to walk with God in this? Are we displaying love to humanity? God deal with our heart. Maybe it's as simple as watching too many box sets and not reading enough Bible. What is the thing that God is convicting you about? Um, 
sometimes we hit really difficult things, don't we? And we end up in addictive cycles that we just can't break. And then there's all sorts of shame often attached to those. Can I, can I just counsel you for a moment as a, as a gracious pastor, as I talk about holiness, bringing things before God, repenting of them. So, okay, God, if you're convicting me over that, I want it out of my life. If it's plain in the scriptures, I want that out of my life. But I also know that sometimes we can be caught in shame-filled addictions and difficulties. Let me say to you this, God's grace is enough for you. If you end up snared in some difficult addiction, I want you to know God understands and he has a pathway out for you. The key to it is this, keep running back to God. I don't care if you fail seven times a day, keep running back to God. I'm not worried about people that, that aren't worried about their sin. Uh, you know, I, I probably said that the wrong way around. I'm most worried about those that aren't worried about their sin. But the people that feel deep shame, I want you to know you feel that because you want to be right before God. The Bible uses this lovely phrase, pursue holiness. If you're caught in something, I want you to do all you can to run after God. But don't just sit in shame, run after his grace, his mercy and his love. It might take some time, but his grace, his mercy and his love will set you free if you pursue him. Pursue holiness. You might go, I haven't caught it yet, but keep pursuing it. Keep running after God. The last thing you should do is sit in a cesspit of shame. Shame actually usually just drives you back to sin. You need to run after the grace and the mercy of God. Say, God, help me. So listen, if you're caught in something, keep running after God. Here's what I find. In time, if you keep running back to his grace, troubling sins fall away like autumn leaves. One day you will just come round and go, you know what, that thing stopped. Sometimes it's through a bit of practical advice. Sometimes it's through the spiritual pursuit of God himself. Sometimes it's through the accountability of friends, but you will get through it. Don't let shame overwhelm you. If there's one thing the cross has dealt with, it's shame. You keep running after God. This has been a season of God really speaking into the area of purity. Wherever he's convicting you, let's get our lives ready to enter the new era. And then the final one, question five, that's going to come to you at midday today. And that's only seven minutes away. Wow, the preacher's gone on. You can tell it's live and you can tell I'm back, right? Um, God's power. Here's the question. What mountains of difficulty do I need God's divine power to move for this next era? I don't want your life or my life or our church to simply be the summation of what our gifts or our level of godliness deserves. No, the grace of God, the inheritance we have is this. All of heaven is available to us. And we can say, God, I don't deserve this, but. And God can come and take us into things that we really don't deserve. What are your impossibilities? I want you to list them. And I want you to begin to speak the promises of God over your impossibilities. You might need to say and begin to say it every day instead of worrying about debt, begin to say, God, I don't deserve it, but will you pay off my debts? Come on, I dare you. I don't deserve it, but will you take me into this new place? I don't deserve it, but God, I need. What do you 
need God to shift in this season. I've had this word coming to me again and again the last 10 days. I am going to intervene, says the Lord. He is going to intervene. He is going to bring about changes with his miraculous powers in ways that we simply do not deserve. And it's time to begin to declare the intervention of God over our lives. Are you ready for some miracles? Right, listen. Right at the entrance to the promised land was Jericho. And it was an amazing miracle. God often shows off on the edges of the promised land. Why don't I just get them to walk around in silence, blow a few trumpets and shout, and I'll just bring the walls down myself. God likes to show and to prove I am involved in this new era. I am involved in this promised land. It's time for there to be some miraculous intervention, some chronic sicknesses to leave in Jesus' name, some chronic depression to leave in the name of Jesus, some chronic debts to go in Jesus' name because that's the God that he is. I want you not to have what you deserve. I want you to have so much more than you deserve. So let's begin to declare the miraculous interventions of heaven over our lives. Is that okay? Those questions are gonna come to you today, midday. Take some time this week to pray through these things. I believe if you get your posture right, your purpose right, your people right, your purity right, and you draw his power into your world, you will be ready to enter the new era in God.